You are listening to the Red Roots Podcast. Good morning, good morning. 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 I'm just kidding. I was seeing if you guys were going to go along. We're still here from last week's podcast. We haven't gone anywhere. Um, Yeah. So, hope you enjoyed last week's. We're going to continue on with the rest of the questions today. So, if you haven't listened to last week's, yeah, it'd be good to go back and listen to last week's, and then you can listen, or you can do whatever you want. How about that? How about that? Anyways. So, yeah, we'll just jump right in with the questions. Um, So, yeah, the next, so the last question we asked last week was, uh, what's the differences between living in Cochabamba and Trinidad? Um, the next one is, I don't know why I said that. It has nothing to do with the <laughs> question. Nothing to do with it. Um, if you had unlimited funds, read Trust Fund Baby. <laughs> what would you do? Uh, what would you do if you could do or buy any one thing? Only selfish answers allowed. I.e., you can't say you'd build an orphanage or stuff like that. So no ministry stuff. You have to spend it on yourself. So what would you do? I didn't read the last part of that question until just now. The, uh, you, you had your big ministry <laughs> yeah, answer? I had my big ministry answer. Well, I went for something out of the box because I, f- I assumed you two would go for ministry answers as well. So I was like, well, well. That's really hard because like, this is, this is what we do. We dream for the ministry, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I really I think I, what I would do, I mean, like my real answer, like outside... It's always community center all day. Mm. Like I would, that, that's not even remotely close. But that can't be the answer. So, mm. selfish answers. Could al- you be? Only. Could you build a community center for selfish reasons? <laughs> yeah, you could, but it's not. <laughs> Who asked this question? <laughs> uh, I think it's Tom. They're, you're wanting us to be selfish. That's kind of. Well, he has selfish in in uh, <laughs> quotes for just for yeah for lack of a better word. I mean, I guess um, one one thing I would do immediately would be to pay off my school loans <laughs> i mean it, i graduated over 10 years ago <laughs> just there <laughs> so that's a that's selfish but it'll bring peace yeah i got that email this morning from my student loan company being like hey you need to reapprove that you're not earning any money <laughs> and that you're yeah that you're living overseas so i gotta send them a letter being like yes i'm, I'm still poor yeah <laughs> i still can't pay it back yeah stop bothering me until yeah. It's a, it's a scam. That's a bit like. Anyways, I'm not gonna get into that because you're gonna get me all hyped up. Ah, uh, I'll build a house. Yeah, I was gonna say build a house. So. Yeah, I would build a house and buy some type of truck because that's what us Americans drive. <laughs> <laughs> buy a truck and build a house. No, I would. I would buy. I would buy a Toyota Hilux truck, like an older one, not a newer one. Or or or. A Toyota Land Cruiser, what are they called? The, a van, something van. We don't have any United States. Like the ambulance. Mm. Downstairs, like, uh, well, anyways, they have a certain name. Um, or something like that. And, uh, yeah, and buy a house. I, other than that, like, I don't have, I would fly to the States probably. I don't know, like, it, it, not super complicated <laughs> person when it comes. Like, I don't have a lot of. You could, you could buy a private jet. And then you can fly to the states. Oh yeah, he said unlimited, unlimited, unlimited funds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. we're dreaming. Now we yeah. got some ideas. Yeah, private jet, I guess. And then 
Uh, only upwards of $60 million, apparently. <laughs> That's the Christian one to get. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll get a, I would get a private, yeah, a private jet and be able to bring, I could sell it after three trips. Like, let's just fill it up with all the stuff that people want to send us. <laughs> Take three trips and then sell it, make our money back, and then be another selfish person. Per, selfish again in air, in air quotes. Buy a house, mm-hmm. so then we're winning. Before you sell it, we should take Jolie to Fiji, Jalen to Hawaii. Yeah, that's right. New, New York. York. Uh, unlimited <laughs> you don't even, funds. You know about uh, New York. They tell me about New York. <laughs> yeah, time. yeah. You, would you say Fiji, Hawaii, and New York? Yeah, and then yeah. one of them um, said Paris, but I think. Did you tell them it wasn't that big of a deal? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that seems like it went off. They um they we have an open invitation to go to Hawaii, but we have to go. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you mean we got to get there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to get there. And so, yeah, we have we have that's been discussed, but we, I mean, with the person who sends the invitation, but it's not been discussed with our family because this is expensive, five thousand dollars. Hey, let's get. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. That would be fun. Yeah, we could take the kids there on the private jet and take the kids there. We're not going to enjoy Fiji and Hawaii at all, just the kids. <laughs> they will go to New York one day, though, so that's a positive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we can do that. They said next time, Melinda's family lives in Philadelphia, so next time we're there, they want to go up to New York, and so we'll see. Um, yeah, so that's what that's what I would do. So what was your answer? Oh, you said it already. Yeah, you guys said it already. Yeah. All right, so... Uh, if people wanted to send you guys something, what would be the easiest way to do that? We answered that in the last one. We we're just saying if the easiest way to do it is send it with someone who's coming down. Right now, it's impossible because international travel from Bolivia at least is banned. And so, yeah. But, but these. Now I was going to add, or whenever we go back. Yeah, or when we go back, to, send it to us. Yeah, because that's. We probably go back more than people come down. Yeah. So. Like somebody gave us a new camera recently, which is really cool. Um, huge blessing. And they sent it to my parents' house. So. Um. Yeah. So when next time we go, or somebody comes, like we'll just bring it down from that. So that's really the unfortunately the easiest way. Mm. Um. Yeah. Uh, for you, is it the same? Yes. Yeah. Somebody yeah. come down. So. Yeah, I think Latin Link has like a, a PO box. Is that what they're called? Like a mailing box somewhere. Um. But you have to pay to have access to that. But yeah, the easiest thing is just store it at, in the UK and then I'll collect it whenever I go back. Yeah. Which makes it like Christmas, right? Yeah, you, yeah. It's extra exciting. Yeah. You're like, oh, I forgot we, we yeah. ordered this or someone sent us that. Yeah, we it's have fun. so much stuff that I'm sure I forgot about, like that I saw on sale that we need, but then like the need kind of just, you get used to living with that need and forget that it's a need, but then when you get it, it's like an extra double bonus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what is your favorite Bolivian food? Probably Keperi. Yeah, Keperi. Oh, that's good. Keperi is, 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 that might be the one, man. Keperi or Silpancho? Silpancho is like fried potato. Oh, explain both of them, I guess. I was saying, explain (laughs) Silpancho like everybody knows what Keperi is. Keperi is like a marinated steak. Is Uh, it dehydrated too? No, that's charque, is is sun dried. Sun dried, yeah. Um, Charque is like a jerky-ish type plate, but it's like a thicker jerky, but it's fr- deep, then you fry it. It's not deep fried because, I mean, not like batter, but you definitely fry it in yeah. like oil. It's a bit tougher as well. Yeah, it's a little bit tougher. Um, Keperi is tender, at least where we get it from. So good. It's tender. It's flavorful. I can't explain it. It's, a, it's, it's a, yeah, it's, so it's, 
that's the meat. It's called keperi, and then you have the rice, and you have. Hey, we'll eat that on the channel at some point. We're gonna do the food mm-hmm. stuff. We need to get on that. Bring I'm, me a plate. Hey, <laughs> I'll bring you a plate of that. I gotta bring a plate of everything. Seed um, pond of everything that we eat on that channel. Nah. So yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. So also. Sid Pancho. Sid Pancho, that's what, yeah, that's where I was going. Sid Pancho is like fried potatoes, then you put rice on top of it, then you put uh, like a flattened out, like a, uh, what is it called? When you flatten out, milanesa? Mm-hmm. Do people know what that, you know what milanesa is? Mm-hmm. I feel like Americans know what milanesa is, or no? Is it not Milanese? Maybe. I don't know, no. but it's like, <laughs> it's like a flattened it's out flattened. piece of meat where they, like, they flatten it out, like beef specifically, and then you put an egg on top of it. Preferably runny egg yeah. with chopped up with like chopped onions and uh, like peppers and, and tomatoes like on top. Mm. And it, when that onion is runny, man, you break that yolk and it mixes the, all in everything. Egg? Yeah. yeah. Now, what did I say? Onion? Yeah. Sorry. That but you add hot sense. sauce to it too. Uh, not when it's beef. It's it. Pancho is beef. It doesn't. You make it with chicken, but it's yeah, yeah. it's technically it's not a chicken play. It's a beef play. Um, Beef dish, whatever you want to call it. So those are my two favorite. Least favorite. What did you say your favorite? I didn't. Uh, probably it's not necessarily a dish, but it's a food they sell here. It would be a sartenia. Yeah, yeah. Which is I don't know how to explain it. It's just. It's like a empan a wet empanada. Like, juicy. Juicy. Yeah, yeah that's the, yeah wet is like the like you got spray with water. It's like juicy. It's like a pot pie, but a handheld yeah, yeah, yeah. pot pie. That's a good one. It's literally because it goes around and the juices and stuff are in it, so you eat it. Like and the in juice your hand is not creamy. Uh, it's like a little runny. It's juicy. It's like, juicy, but pot pie has a creamy, cream, creamed. It's yeah, it can, it can. I think it depends on, you uh, know, who and then makes the, it. And then you can get like the, the juice is a little sweet. Mm. And then the crust is a little sweet too. Yeah, and it's you can get bit. it like picante or yeah, spicy, spicy and super spicy, which isn't super spicy. And you can get it with chicken in there or meat or charque. Chicken beef. is meat. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Beef? No. Meat, uh, beef. Beef, yeah. Yeah. And so chicken, beef, or charque, but it's beef charque, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't know if it was llama that they put in there. Oh, I don't know. But I'm pretty sure it's beef. Anyways, um, least favorite Bolivian food. It's a plate called picante de pollo, and it's um not good. Yeah, we're gonna eat that at some point for it. It's just not good. <laughs> yeah, I should just take a picture and just show people. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't not, look good. Yeah, uh, it's not the worst thing ever, but it's just not good. And that's I think you because it gets so hyped up. I think that's why you don't like it. It's because it's overhyped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I do want to correct myself. I don't know if I said mine's is or mine is. So <laughs> I don't want to be know. ignorant for our listeners. <laughs> well, mine is. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you said mine's, then it's too late. <laughs> uh, I don't even. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. So your least favorite is because of, yeah. of all Bolivian food. Uh, I, I mean, haven't all tried all of them, but yeah. of all of them that I've been offered yeah it would be that or the uh i guess the bolivian version of lasagna is pretty that's the, yeah it's disgusting they put raisins in it for some reason yeah. and, and it's it, with a white white sauce instead but of the rice. cheese it's made with the cheese like yeah, the sour yeah, cheese. cheese yeah um what about you uh i think mine is just the worst for me because it's like mixed in with the occasion as well um it would be like um so either birthday parties or weddings or something like that, it will be like this chicken, which is like ham inside it, but it's like yeah. the cheapest ham yeah. that anyone could find. It's like processed ham. Yeah, processed ham. 
in the middle of the chicken and it's like one o'clock in the morning by the time you're eating it so you're really hungry and it comes out and it's a it's like semi-cold <laughs> it's just not enjoyable at all yeah it's not good and it's like there's like an egg or something in there. yeah yeah, yeah that's do put boiled egg that. in there, yeah. it's not good no it's not just, good if just tastes really like like you, if you try to find the cheapest products available that's the problem like blended isn't it? it all in one like the idea of chicken and ham and egg sounds lovely yeah but it's because you get the obviously you've got to feed a lot of people so it's like okay we need to save money on this so we'll just get the cheapest chicken the cheapest ham yeah and we'll just find any old egg mix it all together and see what happens any so old egg just, <laughs> yeah like the, uh, <laughs> good egg bad egg no we use the bad one no the chicken and egg isn't the problem it's the ham it's really yeah, the problem really the ham bad. and the other things is like you know when you again like he said it makes sense saving money trying to feed mm. a lot of people but at the same time it affects yeah, deeply the taste a, and it's, it's not, not good. an enjoyable dish yeah but i think mine is gonna be salty papa it's disgusting man it's like french fries with cut hot up dog. hot dogs on top of it it's not bad it's not with mayonnaise and all that stuff. it's just <laughs> oh, it's just awful why. dude I mean, it's like it's just like it's it's so nasty. (laughs) Um, That and then the the tripa, tripa is intestines. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, And you just here, it's not. They use it as like encasing for like uh, what is the thing called Um, relleno and stuff like that. It's not bad that way. I mean, I eat it that way. But like we have a video on our YouTube channel about relleno. Yeah, we'll eat it again with him. Uh, He hasn't tried it, so we'll eat it and we'll do the video about that. So we're gonna so for if you don't obviously so I keep referring to this video and you don't know what I'm talking about. We're gonna do um, some videos about just trying different foods, Bolivian foods. Want to in- introduce you different Bolivian foods and stuff like that, and so that'll be coming soon. Anyways, I said that just so you can understand what I'm talking about when I'm talking about just try it. Um, that may be what it's called. Just try it. Hey. Okay, what's the name for the second? <laughs> so that'd be drinks and stuff too. My, yeah, Sachi Papa. And yeah, the 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 intestine stuff, man, is not like when you're. But when you're, it's up in Cochabamba and stuff like that. That you see that stuff more. Mm. It's not good. Do yeah. you remember when we traveled to La Paz and we smelled yeah, it from? Yeah, nah, that was oh, awful. Man. It was the most terrible experience. <laughs> I don't feel like uh, traveling. I don't feel bad dogging some of these foods because yeah. I, there's some foods that I love too. So it's not like I'm just being like, oh, Bolivian food is nasty because that's not true. There's some no. delicious stuff that we have that I love, but there's some stuff. Just like everywhere that I hate. Um, yeah. So, yeah, on the good side is Silpancho and Keperi, uh, man. I think you nailed it with that one. I like... Um, I haven't had it in a long time. You don't like this one because most of the time people put mayonnaise on top of it. But what is it called with the steak and the fries? Pique matcha? It's, Pique it's matcha. overrated. It's the most overrated Bolivian dish I like dish it ever. if the steak is, is tender. Exactly. Is so good. you don't like it because the steak is not going to be tender. When it's tender, yeah. yeah. I like it. I've never had Pique matcha in 10 years. With tender steak, not one. Ruth time. makes it with good steak. No, I've not had one time. Oh. I, not once. Every time, <laughs> like I feel like when you give your dog a bone oh, and he like turns his head sideways, like he's really digging in with his teeth. <laughs> like that's what it feels like. And then I feel like my teeth are six inches apart when I'm done eating it because it gets all in between your teeth and it just feels like pressure from the inside of your teeth and you're like almost sprinting to the floss. Man, that sounds like a bad experience. It's a you. terrible experience. <laughs> I don't like. It's overrated, man. Like, it's not. It's not great. And then like the juice and tomatoes. It's just overrated. It's not nasty. It's just not great. It's like there's way better dishes. Sopa de mani, peanut soup is way better. Oh, that's great. Yeah. 
something is a better input. I mean, there's so much. Yeah, there's a lot of that's way down the list for me. It's not the bottom of the list, obviously, because there's some things that like I don't, you know, but it's not high up at all. But everybody says that all the time. And I'm like, eh. or like api con pasteles. That's not good. People just say that because like, you know, like people grew up on it. People from here, I get it. But I mean, like missionary specific. Oh, I love api. Like no one loves it. Like it's just yeah. it's bread. It's, it's it's fried dough. It's fried dough with like this drink that's like meh. And so I would get crucified for saying that, but it's the truth. Overrated. <laughs> Overrated. Unpopular opinion. Yeah. Segment. What's the strangest animal you've ever seen in Bolivia? Huh. I mean, yeah, I think I know what you're going to go with. Me? Yeah. That thing that you posted on Facebook, um, Instagram oh, the other the, day. the Tejon. Yeah. yeah. What, is, uh, what is it called in English? We talked about I couldn't this even the pronounce time. it when I saw that you wrote it. It was cop. Catamundi. Catamundi. Yeah. Quatamundi. Quatamundi. Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, Quatamundi. That's an interesting that's animal. weird looking thing. Yeah, I thought you were going to say the anteater. Oh, that's that's creepy because they're huge. Mm. Yeah, they're big. I mean, they're giant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are. Oh. What about you? Yeah, I'd probably have to go the that uh, raccoon weird animal thing yeah Kodamundi, whatever it's called it's isn't it cool though it is can we just yeah yeah no it's probably the coolest animal that i've seen as well to be fair no you know i i mean we've obviously seen sloths like in cartoons that's a weird animal in person their claws they look weird they move in slow motion like legit (laughs) slow motion i feel whenever i see it i'm just like that thing is just going to one day just start sprinting and attacking somebody (laughs) like on their yeah. face it's like they've been acting for generations yeah. and generations yeah. like <laughs> don't trust them i don't trust them yeah it's a weird I, yeah like we have one in the back were you here when i picked it up and put it over on no, the, i wasn't there for that one i saw yeah. it like yeah a few days later and they, like somebody i put i posted on my instagram so if you want to see the animals that we see you have to follow me on instagram i don't post them on facebook i don't know why but on instagram is where all the action happens and one of my friends commented who put a par- who who put a part in his hair, <laughs> and I cannot unsee it. Like the thing does have a little part in his oh, hair, and it, it comes down. Like he got ready for the day. <laughs> and there's a little boy in our neighborhood. <laughs> there's a little boy in our neighborhood, and with, with his mom, they know his, we joke with his mom about it and stuff now. She just so it. you know. Um, but oh, she, his when mom. You say we joke about it, you mean Melinda jokes about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Simon. yeah. That's true. <laughs> from me under the bus. <laughs> Simon. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so careful to not make fun of this kid. Yeah. Well, he laughs. He's going to laugh right now. But like, so his mom cut his hair. It's for quarantine. I don't know why. Because Rudy had cut his hair and it looked good. He had a little style. It was all right. And he and loved it. Yeah, he loved he it. He loved it. But then like four days later, his mom, I don't know. I don't know if she was jealous. I don't, I'm going to ask her. I'm like, were you jealous? She said that his bangs kept getting in his face and she got tired of him like brushing it. And so it's almost like she was like, do a military salute. And he just went like this and <laughs> cuffed his hand. And she just cut around the cuff. And so it like goes up and around. And he, I start calling him Friar Kenny. Because that's what he looked like. You know, they cut the top and it had like the look. It was, it was awful. It was like, oh, I saw him. And like, actually, I think some, you or Rudy or somebody told me before. I was like, hey. Because he, well, how old is he, eight? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he's a little boy. And so he's like, hey, just want to let you know, like when you, when you see Kenny, you know, his mom cut his hair. And so it's going to be, and I'm glad he told me because like I'm a 35 year old man. But when I saw it, I was like, 
I think there's a question, what's the craziest thing you've seen in Bolivia? That's Kenny's haircut is on the list. It's on the list. It's top five. We were packing up the bags, right? And we had a bowl that we were using to fill the bags up with flour. And I put it on Kenny's head. It was just like it perfect. perfect. Like, but except for the bowl was straight. His hairline was not straight. Like it goes up and around. And I said, what were you thinking? And she's like, well, what happened was, is I cut it and it was crooked a little bit. So I cut a little more off one side and then it just turned into a disaster. <laughs> it was like a, like, anyway, I can't say that. But anyway, yeah, this, it, it was not good. And so and we laughed. She laughs until she cries about it because she was like, yeah, never again will I cut his hair. I'm like, thank you on behalf of everybody. <laughs> like The closest thing I've ever seen to anything like that was, um, what is the guy's name from the uh, office? With the glasses, that was always like... Dwight Schrute. Dwight. <laughs> yeah, he had the little part. Oh, but anyways, I was saying all that to say, yeah, we got off with just laughing at the kid. Poor kid. It, like, yeah, it's over now. It's, it's, is it bad? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's I mean, it grew out, so. But the sloth has the exact same haircut. I may have said this already. We got so far off that I forgot. <laughs> but the sloth had the exact same, and I can't unsee it now. I can't unsee it. And so, anyway, strangest animal I've seen, <laughs> um, probably pink dolphin, man. And I say that because people don't believe me that they exist. Like se- several of my friends, and also a very close friend, also known as my wife, Melinda, didn't believe me when I told her. I have yet to see. I haven't seen pink dolphins. Well, you haven't gone on the boat. We haven't taken you on the on the river. Well, until I do, yeah. Nice. You don't believe it exists. <laughs> you guys know you on your phones. You can Google this. <laughs> No, I mean, we went to a little... The girls have seen museum. it. Museum. Museum. Mm-hmm. Can't say that word. Museum. <laughs> we always laugh about this. Museum. Museum. Uh, no, I'm, I'm making fun of you. That's not how you really say it. And they show... They call it a buffet in here, but it's a pink dolphin. But it was not pink. It was like weird. Weirdish. Grayish. So tintish. Well, they change... Yeah, they're not all like pink. Some are very pink, and I think there's a different time when they turn more pink. It's like in breedings or something. I don't remember what it is. Um, so but now, then, now we're on color changing dolphins. Yeah, so we, yeah we are. <laughs> you gonna stick with that? We, I, I am. See how unrealistic this it's is. Not, yeah, no, I, mean, I, I know they exist because yeah. I googled it. Because you know they exist because you doubt it. I googled it. Right, but why'd you Google it if I told you about it? Because you be messing with me. Because. <laughs> I told my friend Kevon about this, and he just didn't believe me, man. I was like, dude, Google it. He's like, I need pictures. Bro, you know how hard it is to get a picture of a dolphin? <laughs> like, it's under, under river water. It's, you know, brown water. And so, anyway, so when everything's over and better and safe or whatever, we'll have to take you out on a boat. And you can typically, you move, you just, I almost see them every time. I want to go, too. Oh, yeah. You always go. And so. To see the dolphin. It, it, yeah. I mean, if we're going to go. We can take you, but seeing the dolphin is your job. You got to look for it and you got to see it. If I know. He's always like, did you see that there? Well, and because, I'm like, because it's not, no. like they, it's not like they come out of the water and they're on the bank, like hanging out. So they just pop up. You know what I mean? Like, and so you, you I mean, you have to be kind of looking and you can see them pop up. But the good news is once one pops up, like you'll see it again. Like yeah. it keeps popping up. Yeah, we saw that with the capybaras. He'll be on the motorcycle riding, seeing everything. Meanwhile, yeah. I'm yeah. supposed to be like just the one absorbing and taking everything in. And I don't see anything. Yeah, I always found that as well. Like, I think my first six months, I missed everything. Like, <laughs> You're you like, see what are you nope, looking you at? See that? Nope, because I'm driving. Nope. I'm like, the no, back of your head. <laughs> well, I'm driving, so I'm focused. If I'm focused and I see it, what were y'all doing? <laughs> Like what do you? Look at this guy. 
<laughs> yeah, like, what are you looking at? How do you not see that the biggest rodent in the world? It's literally, I mean, they probably weigh 80 pounds, some yeah. of them. And uh, some of them are probably upwards of 100 pounds. Like, I've seen a huge yeah, capybara when we went fishing. And, like, and you guys are missing them. I don't get it. So, yeah, pink dolphins is probably going to be there for me. But that giant anteater is a weird creature, yeah, man. Yeah, that thing was huge. It walks on its knuckles and has its, like, it's just a weird, it's a weird animal. Hmm. And last night, it came by last night. Did we talk about this? Last week. No, it came by last night. Oh, when you... Yeah, no, oh, yeah, it, last as week. We as in earlier today. Week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, oh, we said Jolie was crying and stuff. We yeah. About no, that? we didn't say that she was crying. Yeah, they were sleeping next door and they everybody came out and saw it. She was saying, oh, yeah, community event. And then the g- girls were crying. They sent me a, an, a voice audio. Daddy, I see... Because we, we have a rabbit. And we, made a, we got a cage for the rabbit. That sucker had to move outside. He wasn't living inside anymore. So he's out there and the big giant anteater is over by his cage. And like I get an audio like audio message from Jalen daddy there's the, the what is it called in Spanish also when my kids speak Spanish and English at the same time so she said like something something English something something Spanish and we're scared and I was like oh if you're scared you can come back home and sleep in your own bed uh, we're okay here. <laughs> <laughs> but that thing is weird the sloth is very weird but we see sloths at the zoo um, there's a lot of weird stuff toucans are weird that beak is huge no one agrees that two cans are weird looking. Oh, okay. I mean, I grew up eating Fruit Loops, so. <laughs> He's also blue. To my knowledge, all two cans are black. To my knowledge, anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that's the weirdest animal. That's a very strange animal. There's a fox that lives up in like in the Altiplano, and it's a real, it's really weird. Very long legs and stuff like that. But I've, I've never seen it before. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's it. I'm sure there's more weirder, more. We- I'm sure there's weirder animals, but I can't think about it. Yeah, there's a lot of weird bugs and stuff we've seen too. But anyways, yeah, yeah pink dolphins are weird enough. Um, the would- weirdest. Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. The weirdest thing I, I've seen is like a certain time of year when the weather starts to change, how all those big bugs start to come out, and they just the like big black ones. Yeah. Oh, like the huge ones. The, and and where there's so many, like they just like it oh yeah like yeah. A pen- well, it's like <laughs> rainy se- rainy season. What rainy rainy season like a plague yeah plague <laughs> i mean i thought the world was coming to an end yeah <laughs> like, what is this yeah all well, the meowing frogs yeah yeah and there's like, there's like a, man I, it hasn't happened when we first moved here i don't know what the difference is but it was like there was more and so you would hear hundreds of these things all at once in a chorus and it was like borderline disturbing and creepy but then you get used to it or whatever and it becomes like soothing. But like it was a very, just a very unique and weird sound. And so anyways, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Cat frogs. <laughs> um, would you ever ride a bike back in your home country like you do in Bolivia? And by bike, he means motorcycle. Uh, no. I would possibly ride a motorcycle, but not like I would. <laughs> not the same way that I do here. Uh yeah, I mean, first everybody's on a motorcycle here, mm. so you don't. You're less. The, the two, like, the way Trinidad is, it's just not trafficy city, no. and like you're just, you're not. You, there's no. There's no way you can. First of all, the motorcycle doesn't go that fast. It's a tiny little motorcycle, mm-hmm. so they don't go fast. But then, two, even if you wanted to go fast, you you can't. There's no. Yeah, there's no way to go fast. Yeah, there's yeah, there's nowhere to do it without being an absolute idiot. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, sometimes I think people in the U.S. just get carried away on their motorcycles. 
and because there's, there's space and it's not okay but you get carried here there was no getting carried away you have to be just an absolute idiot to go that fast there's nowhere to go that fast mm. and so no i i would not ride a bike uh back home like i do in bolivia i would i would possibly ride one as like a commuter and take back roads and stuff i wouldn't ride one on the interstate i don't feel comfortable regardless i feel like i'm a good rider probably scare simon sometimes and melinda sometimes as well Especially well, when it's against you, the gas truck. <laughs> when you go over the speed bumps fast, and I'm just like hopping well, five feet off. I'm not the going motorcycle. fast. I'm just not braking. And, I mean, I, you can all, the, This is the thing: it's a Chinese motorcycle, so the shocks are done. So you can go over it as slow as you want, and it's still going to be like. Yeah. Coo, coo, coo. And so I just. I just started standing up whenever I know we're about to hit that. Yeah, that, that's, that, yeah, that's what you do. Stand up and wait for. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that's what I do. I mean, so you, I'm just that's coast over them anyway. So whatever, and they're long speed bumps too. So yeah, I wouldn't do that. Um, I don't know. I just for me personally, I think it's too dangerous. Uh, there's too many risks. I'll say it that way. I don't want to say it's dangerous and make people feel like, yeah, it's just, it's a big risk to ride a motorcycle on the interstate mm-hmm. and the, or the highway, whatever, in the United States. Uh, back roads and stuff, I would ride. Yeah, definitely, I would ride one. But like, and through the city, yeah, I would ride one. Still be a lot more cautious and stuff, but not like I do here at all. Yeah. Um, do you wish it would snow every once in a while? I think me and Simon have the same answer. I yeah, I do. Like how often? I don't know. A week out of the year? Yeah, it's too much for me. I could do one day. I could do Christmas. But other than that, like no, we gotta have heat and stuff though. Because yeah. then Christmas is miserable mm. if it's cold. No, yeah, I don't want snow at all. I'm done <laughs> with it. Like I, that's I'm yeah. I I try to only go to the states in the summer. Like I don't. I'm done with it. Yeah. Yeah, even the two days of winter cold yeah. Yeah, that we get here is enough for me. I'm like, well, I'm done with it now. Yeah, it's just not fun. Yeah, it's not fun. Well, yeah, with no insulation, it's a, it's a deal breaker. Because, deal breaker. I mean, my toes are freezing at 65 degrees and I can't get warm. Yeah, because 65 degrees isn't cold, but it's cold inside. Yeah. Like, or, you know, 55, whatever. For you, I don't know what the temperatures are, but... Just take my word for it. Yeah, 18, 19 <laughs> degrees. Yeah, okay, yeah. So that, that's, that's not cold outside, but no. inside it's cold. And so, yeah. Um, have y'all been to Lake Titicaca? How no. did you know what that is? Huh. Everyone knows Lake do Titicaca. Mm-hmm. You've been there? I've been there, yeah. yeah. I mean, when they say it in English, do they say Titicaca? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not. It's probably better to pronounce it the way that it's... Titicaca. Titi Kaka. I always thought it was Titi Kaka. Titi Kaka. I don't know. Uh, all right. Uh, so you never been? You've nope. been? Yep. Beautiful? Um, overrated. Overrated. Just, all right. It's fine. It's fair. I mean, it's cool because it's so high up. Yeah. But it's just a big lake. It's yeah. not like it's not like a stunning scenery with mountains everywhere. Are there know, cabins there? Uh, only in certain on the points. Is- on the island, right? You can go to the island. The island yeah. Of the but the, la- the lake is so big that you can't. You don't see the. You don't see everything. So you're just staying in the cabin. Yeah. Like you just, yeah. Yeah, you just go on like a boat, and they take you out into the lake. Okay. And then you do like half an hour on the lake, and then you come back. It's not. I mean, tourism hasn't yet worked out good ways to do it because like you can go to different parts of the lake. But yeah, I, in my opinion, it was. I mean, it was it was cool, but it was overrated. Like I wouldn't put it on my bucket list okay. of things yeah. to do. Oh yeah. Would you ever hike the Andes? No. No. What do you mean, no? You've done it already. I wouldn't do it again. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so we've done that before. We, well, I, well I, I don't know if he means hike, like, 
And yeah, he surely doesn't mean the whole Andes mountain range. So he means hike in the Andes. Yeah, yeah, we've done that before. We hiked up to this thing. Yeah, uh, great experience, but I'm not, I'm not a heights person. And you get to the top of that, like you literally get to the highest peak. It's the highest peak in Cochabamba. I don't remember how many feet above sea level it is. It's high though. And like, there's an edge. You just look over, and the wind is there. You can hear it mm. in the air, and it's a it's static electricity from like there's, you know, from a storm generating. It's just not wasn't a. It was a good experience to look back on, but I'm. It's not something that I'm like, yeah, let's climb up there. Like, mm. uh, that was the most physically challenging task I've ever done. I mean, I would take two steps and just completely out of breath. Yeah, the altitude. It wasn't enjoyable yeah. for me. The altitude starts grabbing you. Because, like, you know, you live at a certain altitude and then you every. We already lived at a high altitude. And so, but then you start going up, which that was helpful. If we, come, if we came from here and did that, oh, mm-hmm. we couldn't, we wouldn't have made it. But, like, yeah, so you take a few steps and you, you got to rest because you can't breathe. There's not enough oxygen. And so... <gasps> And you're not tired. You just can't breathe, mm-hmm. you know. And so, yeah, yeah. So they're like, here, take cocoa, coca tea. It'll mm-hmm. help you, I guess, with your oxygen levels. Yeah. And it's just like, oh. it, it just gives you a little buzz is what it really does. <laughs> it does. Make numbs all your pain. That's, that's, that's what it does. Um, are there social justice issues in Bolivia similar to issues in the U.S. or U.K.? Yeah, as far as income inequality, what what is not the word? It's not income. Is that the word? Income inequality? Because I don't, I don't, I personally don't believe that if a person makes a million dollars and everybody should make a million dollars. However, I do feel like, like minimum wage here is not a livable wage. Um, Not realistically. I mean, you can eat, but. You just can't. Anyway, I don't know. There's, that's a deep conversation. That goes, but yeah, I think the, some of the issues are similar. Um, but some of the bigger issues here are um, domestic abuse, mm. um, domestic violence, domestic abuse, which leads to femicide, and then um, uh, what is it called? Uh, child sexual abuse, like sexual abuse from you know adults, uh, grandparents, neighbors sexually abusing um, children. Yeah, and th- those are those are big issues, um, and obviously those are things that are going to happen, unfortunately, in a sinful and fallen world. The issue is, is that a lot of times it happens, and that's just it. Like it doesn't, and if people report, they don't go to, you know, and that's so domestic abuse. That's the problem with domestic violence here. Is one of the issues is that it's not taken serious by you know certain police departments or whatever. You know, um, yeah, it's not taken serious by some of them, and so it ends up. Continue wor- continually getting worse and worse until it ends up with most most of the time someone getting killed. Mm. Uh, most of the time it's the woman getting killed, but sometimes it's been the woman killing the man. And now everybody has to go to jail, and, you know, whatever. They, people lose moms and, to, you know, it shouldn't get to that. Um, and because of that, I think a lot of people don't report. And so it just kind of creates this weird issue. Um, like uh, racism here was an issue before. I mean, it's an issue, like no, systemic racism in the sense of people being from a certain, it's maybe not, yeah, I guess it is. People being from a certain group, like if people were more, indigenous people weren't, for, for a while, weren't treated equally in, in Bolivia. They were treated as less than and kind of, you know, um, you know, that type of stuff. And so, um, 
Yeah, I think yeah those 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 were issues, but that's gotten a lot better now. Um, it still has some balancing out to do, right? Because indigenous people then had, were lifted above everybody else, and mm-hmm. it given more benefits and everything. And it kind of turned into a different thing. But overall, yeah, I think um, yeah, they're similar. Uh, abortion is an issue here, but it's a taboo thing, mm-hmm. so no one is you know. The church just talks talks about it and marches against it, but uh, there's not many churches that are adopting and giving a second option, mm. you know, as opposed to just saying it's wrong and walking away, which I have an issue with. We talked about that before as well. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, the issues are probably similar. They look different, maybe they may be hashed out differently, but they're really the same issues behind, you know, everything. I don't know what you say, about the UK. What you say? No, I'd say they're similar. Um, UK has a has a higher focus on like your mental well being now. Um, so, uh, yeah, mental, mental health awareness, um, suicide is a huge problem in the UK at the moment, especially amongst men. Um, like 75% of all suicides, uh, are, are from men, be middle-aged men. Um, it goes up each year. So in the last year or so, suicides have gone up by 10%. Um, so that's kind of like the big push at the moment. Yeah. Uh, now in the UK is working towards mental health, working with men. Um, as well, like going through a midlife crisis because it does tend to be between that age, you know, like mid thirties to late forties, mm-hmm. um, of people going through midlife crises um, and not knowing where to turn and not knowing what to do. Um, so I think the, that's what the UK is on at the moment. And compared to here, I've I've not heard anyone talk about mental health here or yeah, like mental awareness at all um, or any or anything along those lines. It's funny you brought that up because just the other day, there's a so there's a guy here in the city and and like everybody kind of chuckles. But as a guy, like he he wears nothing except for a pair of shorts, and his shorts have a huge hole in them, so you can you know obviously. Um, the other day, I was out with Miguel, and we saw him like at naked, like nothing, naked, 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 and uh, just there. And Miguel made some comments like about that he needs like they should do something, like the government, the police should do something because it's indecent at this point. Instead of like snickering about it all the time. And then we kind of start talking about the issue. The guy obviously has some mental issues. And, um, you know, Miguel was saying there's a need for mental help because it's just that's what it is here. You're just crazy and that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, but there's no help here. You have to go to other cities to get help mm. for those things. And so, yeah, that is that is a that is an issue of injustice as well because um, th- there's a sickness. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like he's just like, yeah, I want to live like that. You know, and he, yeah. like, literally spins in circles. Yeah. <laughs> like, all, like, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's a different situation, and so um, but you know everybody sees him all the time. He's, he doesn't. He's not. He doesn't harm anyone. You know, he's not aggressive or anything like that. But um, yeah, I don't want my kids, you know, seeing that either. Mm. You know, a naked dude walking around like literally naked, not even socks, mm. like didn't have anything on. And um, yeah, he needs help, and so but there's no help for him here. So it's just he's just the crazy guy in the streets. Then you know, quoting what people say, and mm. yeah, that's it. I didn't thought about that. The mental health aspect. Yeah, everyone just kind of like leaves them alone, leaves them to be like the guy that dresses in the army gear and yeah, directs yeah, yeah, traffic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has on whistle. the. Yeah. He was trying to order a new helmet from a carpentry shop the other day when we went to pick the wood up. Yeah. I forgot to tell you all this. He shows up. Like, I'm like, how did you get here? <laughs> and he comes up, he has his whole military gear on, and he's like, he recognizes me because I pass him every morning when I'm taking the girls to school. And say, so, yeah, how you doing? Where's your Where's your car? Because I was in a motorcycle. It's like, where's your big car? I was like, oh, it's at home. You know, can't drive big cars right now. Like, we can't now, but you know, at the time. anyways. And she's so like, oh, 
yeah. Uh, and he starts trying to order a helmet from the, carpen- the carpentry. Like, they really just sell wood. They don't really make stuff. Mm. And the lady was like, yeah, we can't make a military helmet. Uh, like, she was being nice to him. And, like, he was like, he wasn't violent. He was just frustrated, like, why can't they make me a military helmet? Whatever. So he's, you know, he, can de- he can interact, though. Mm. So he's light years ahead of the other guy. But, yeah, he, that's just what he is. He sleeps right up there on the plaza, all that junk over there. Yeah. Like, he, you know, and every once in a while they'll come and make him clean his stuff up. But, like, you know, the guy needs some type of help. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so definitely an issue. Um, how do you feel about missionaries to the U.S.? Well, I guess to U.K. Well, you've already you talked about that last time. Yeah, a little bit. It's definitely become more of a common thing. Yeah. Um, other countries sending and churches receiving, um, which I think is great. Um, I think Latin Link, just before uh, COVID hit, they were about to send someone from Bolivia to the UK. Nice. Uh, it's going to be the first person in the Latin Link organization to go from Bolivia to the UK. Um, so that was really cool. Yeah, it's exciting. It's definitely... You know, there's definitely things that the UK church can learn from the Bolivian church. Absolutely. Vice versa and things. You know, no one church in one country has got it sorted as much as they might like to think they have. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely things that we can learn Absolutely. from other cultures and other people. Absolutely. I love it. I think it's necessary uh, to send missionaries all over the world. You know? mm. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's necessary too. Uh, yeah, I think people, it should be, a, you know, interchange, not interchangeable, um, like a foreign exchange. To, I mean, I... Yeah, we need missionaries in the states. We need and as as much as people are prideful and think we don't need it. Mm. We have church. We have churches here. Well, they have churches everywhere, but like, you know, but definitely need missionaries in the states just like we need missionaries in Bolivia and in Argentina and, you know, whatever. Um and yeah, when we say missionaries to the United States, uh I think yeah, I think he means from other places being sent to the United States, like mm. people leaving, you know, their culture and yeah. and going there. I think yeah. Big, I'm huge fan, huge fan. Um, it would be great if we could get to the place one day where we sent people to do that, you know. Mm. Um, the hardest part, the, the reason there aren't more is the financial burden. Mm. It's just way cheaper to live in, you know, a lot of third world countries yeah. than it is in the United States. So, But it's also n- it's harder to get into the it's United hard to States. Get in as well, so if yeah. you want to say I'm coming to on a missionary visa, that doesn't, does that even exist? I, I don't know, maybe, maybe. Mm. I, I'm sure, I'm sure it's something like that does. No, I'm thinking about it. I'm probably sure it does. But you got to, if you if the average income here is two hundred and fifty dollars, and then you got to raise the money to live monthly in yeah. the city. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like how, where the where's the money going to come from? That's always the biggest challenge. Yeah. It's definitely possible, but it's just a it's just a challenge and a you know a hurdle. So um, yeah, what's the top three ways we can get involved with Red Roots if we don't live in Bolivia? Uh Good question. Number one is prayer. You can pray for us. Uh, number two is obvious, I think. Uh, financial support, mo- financial monthly support. Monthly financial support is always needed. And, like, you know, different stuff happens. Uh, this, so the next question is what's your biggest need? So those are the big mm-hmm. – and prayer, the same. The answers are the same. Uh, definitely prayer, but definitely also uh, monthly financial support. Um, the big, I mean, stuff in life happens, and so there are times when you're – Right at budget, there's times when you're over budget, and then there's times when you're under budget. And so right now, you know, with the pandemic and stuff going on, people's income has been limited. So obviously that's affected, you know, us or whatever. Um, so, yeah, the, uh, those two things. And then the third way would be if you don't live in Bolivia, 
you can still, I think you could, you could still come down and do like, you know, trips once a year, once every year and a half, whatever. And like, uh, just get involved in some different projects that way. I think that's, and I don't know if that's what he meant, but um, yeah, I think those are the three ways. Prayer for sure. Um, yeah, just always. Um, but then also yeah, like financial support. And then, like, we want to do more, like, teams coming down and stuff like that in the future. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. For me, it will be those three. What would you say? The question specifically, I know in general, but I want to make sure I answer it specifically. What was it again? What's the top three ways we can get involved with Red Roots if we don't live in Bolivia? Okay. I, w- I would say become an alley. A- ally. Alley. Alley, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I walked through Find the shadows. two buildings <laughs> and lay there. And put a dumpster on your right shoulder. And no, no, no. An ally of, of the ministry, a partner. You know, you can do that without, I mean, there are a lot of different ways to do that. You know, pray a partner and pray, pray for us, pray for the needs, pray for people. Um, and then also, uh, uh, you know, you can share what we're doing because if you share what we're doing, it expands our, our reach. You know, other people will hear what's going on in the ministry. And if it interests them, then they would, um, they'll get in touch with us, you know. And so, um, obviously, just Ramon and I were limited to our reach because we know a lot of the same people going back from college and from church. And so um, having um, allies and people that, that speak for us to their circles of influence um, just expands our reach. And so, um, and that's something that no matter how hard we try, we can't do that because we don't know your circles. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's a, it's a big time. Um, yeah, that's true. And then, so what what would you say our biggest need is? Our biggest need right now is financial monthly support. Um, Yeah. Monthly financial support. And that's the thing is I think, and yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and say it. What I wasn't going to say, but, uh, like I think a lot of times it's like, when we talk about monthly financial support, a lot of people's initial reaction is, I'll pray that you get monthly financial support. But that's like saying, if Melinda says, hey, can you come kill this spider? And I'm like, oh, I'll pray that someone, I'll pray, <laughs> I'll pray that you can find someone to kill this spider. Well, I think we pray about stuff that, I want to be careful with what I'm saying because I don't want to send the wrong message. But I think we pray about stuff that we're incapable of doing. Yeah. Um, definitely, we still, we pray about everything, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't want to say that. But like prayer is the solution to things that we, like we, I just can't, if they're killing people in Iraq, I need to pray. If they're killing people in Trinidad, I need to pray, but also see what I can do about it. You know what I mean? And so prayer was never meant to be a cop out. Um, actually meant to be the opposite, a cop in. Um, but yeah, anyways. And so know, people don't want to support us. That's fine. It's not a personal thing, but like, it's not really a valid for any ministry or missionary or, or your home church as well. If your home church has a need for a new air condition or heater or whatever, and you say, I'm going to, I'll pray that they'll get the money they need. Like that's not, I think they have a lot of prayers, you know, for their air condition, mm-hmm. but you can't pay for it with prayer. You, you need money to, you know, but God owns the cattle. On the t- okay. He does. So like, you know what I mean? But like all these extra excuses and just saying like, ah, I don't want to give that cause it's better just to say that, you know, mm-hmm. and whatever. And so, but yeah, so biggest need is monthly financial support. There's so much stuff we want to do. We want to hire an extra person. Um, now we were talking a little bit about that yesterday. Um, an office administrator, assistant, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, there's, there's so much. Like we want to buy property. We want to. It's always. Yeah, there's so much stuff we want to do. And moving forward, because our ministry is growing and our vision is growing, then obviously you need more 
uh, mm-hmm. finances and stuff. And again, I know everybody's been hit hard by this time and stuff. So, you know, not upset about it or anything. It's just, it's a fact. Mm-hmm. It's just the biggest need. It's not our biggest focus or our biggest whatever. It's just, a, it is what it is. Our biggest need. I love that uh, one of our friends in Coach Bamba has an orphanage and the, her model is she, she has a board for her orphanage. And, and like when I was talking about having um, allies um, and partners, um, she, as the director and administrator, she's there every day with her girls at the orphanage. She, um, she has a need for the girls, anything, dental, glasses, and she sends a mess, an email out to her board, and they get to work. I mean, there's, it's like a group of now, it's a huge group of women now, but it started off with just a core group mm-hmm. of like 10 women. And, um, and so she can tend to her daily activities with the girls being present with them yeah. and not have that stress or burden of saying, how am I going to get 10 girls glasses? How am I going to get checkups for 15 kids? Mm. You know, however many girls yeah. she has, um, because, because she has people working for her, even though you might not be able to Do a, yeah. be the solution to yeah, every you can need. Find you can find it. You say, okay, yeah. I, I can ask my church. Exactly. I can ask my small group. I can ask people at my job. Yeah. Um, so um, it, like you said, an ally or an advocate. Advocate. Advocate, advocate is the word. Yeah. And yeah. So like, yeah, I think, yeah, advocating for the ministry, I think is a big deal. That's a, that's a huge help. Honestly, we had a friend who just uh, did a random post the other day on Facebook. Is this an example of what you were saying? Did a random post on Facebook about us and stuff. Uh, I can't remember what, everything you were saying. But anyways, there was a response to that. There was a lady named Nicole, and um, she wrote us. She has a magazine, and she wrote us. I wanted to uh, do an article with us uh, for their magazine. The magazine, you know, has a lot of influential people get their magazine and stuff like that. This is really cool. Even if nothing ever comes out of it, it's just really cool to see how that's how it works. We never knew Nicole. Yeah. We've never seen her, never met her, anything. But it's just through, you know, our friend Paul. Mm-hmm through Paul's post, like, and Nicole saw that because Nicole knows Paul, it's networking. It's all, life is about networking in general, honestly. But, um, oh, she, yeah. Anyways, so, yeah. And so just that networking and understanding the power of your network yeah. to be able to, like, leverage and maneuver that for, it's, it's not for Ramon and Melinda to get a Mercedes Benz. Like, mm-hmm. it's really to reach people for God's glory here, to help us uh, develop the church more, make disciples, and eventually the community center so that we can help people and make disciples so that we can plant more churches and so on and so forth. And really, that's what, really what it, what, 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 what it helps. And so, yeah, I think that's a big help. Um, Ramon, can you play soccer well enough that the kids don't make fun of you? Don't know. Never tried to play soccer. <laughs> I, like, I, I, don't, I don't know that I've ever tried, even tried, like even for fun. I don't think I have. If not, Simon, will you teach him how to play? I mean, I'm a good coach, but there are limitations <laughs> to what no. I can achieve. Hard. Simon with the insults, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the key thing is, will you be coachable? Like, will you be... Any, Heck no, man. Exactly. So if you're not passionate about football, exactly. soccer, whatever... Yeah, you won't even show up, so... Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. That's my point. I'm not saying that I'm not teachable, but, like, it's just, like, I'm not... Yeah, I don't have, I have yeah. no interest in Can't playing football. Coach someone to play football if they don't want to play football. Yeah. Which is a problem you face here because the culture is that every young boy has to like football and has to play football. Yeah. But not all of them like it. So but everybody's convinced they do. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. But they, yeah, they don't like it. Yeah. I remember having a conversation with Ramon a few years ago. I'm like, why don't you play basketball anymore? And he's like, I have children. Like, I'm 35. I'm 30 something <laughs> years I mean, old. Not, I'm going to fall I'm not and break saying, my ankle. Or I don't yeah, know. I'm not saying that 35 year olds can't play, just to be clear. But I'm just saying, like, I don't. You have kids and stuff like yeah, like if I if you're in the NBA and you break your ankle, they take care of you and whatever stinks, but they take care of you and stuff. If I do it now, I'm at the hospital. I got a bill. 
I got to pay. And I'm talking about, you know, like I'm trying to raise money for the ministry. Now I got to spend, you know, $700. For, well, I don't know however much it costs to get here. Let me be clear on that. Here, dollars $700 to get the surgery <laughs> yeah. or a cat or put my stuff in place and get a cast or whatever. Yeah. And now, I'll you know what I mean? And yeah, now I'm immobile. And like, it's just a lot of can't ride the motorcycle with crutches. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's just not worth the risk for me, for me personally, you know. <laughs> I just got other stuff to, you know, so that's why I don't. Um, Melinda, did you ever use any Puerto Rican slang that came off as horribly wrong in Bolivia? Or have you ever used Spanish words they've never heard of? This is hilarious. Because, yes. <laughs> so here's the story, right? My grandmother moved from Puerto Rico to New York to Philadelphia and has lived in Philadelphia um, all of my life, most of my mom's life. Um, and so she... Um, has still very still has a very thick Puerto Rican accent, and she very rarely, when I was growing up, spoke English. But occasionally she would throw in English words, and so I heard these English words being said in thick Puerto Rican accents, and so I always thought they were Spanish words. And so, or she would just like make up a word like yard. She would just add a yarda. She would say yarda. And so I thought yarda was a yard and it wasn't. It was just a yard with my grandma's <laughs> accent on it. Um, or like basement. Um, Bayman. Bayman. Yeah. Basement is sotano in Spanish. And my grandma's like, Bayman. And so I'm like, do you have Baymongs here? And they're like, what? <laughs> Baymongs, you know, and I'm explaining what a Baymong is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are several. Like, these people don't even speak Spanish. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I, I legit thought I spoke Spanish at least a little until I got here. And I was like, oh, it turns out I was just speaking English. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't speak, you didn't speak Spanish. You just spoke poor English is what it was. And you thought poor English was the equivalent of Spanish. Yeah, like a bureau is another example. My grandma would say bureau and roll her R's, you know. You know, go to my bureau in my room and get this. And so I'm thinking bureau is how you say bureau in Spanish. And it was not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Funny and embarrassing. Yeah, that happened. It's like a two-year process <laughs> of, like, getting all, you know, trying to. Because only when it comes up will you know. Like, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Me and Simon don't have, didn't have that problem. <laughs> um, do, do people play basketball in Bolivia? Yeah, they do. Basketball's. I think it's a fast, it's a pretty fast-growing sport here. Mm. The 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 it's it was a niche or whatever before. I mean, I guess it still is, but like, it was a like a sub sub subculture, like a kind of small. But now it's like definitely grown a lot more. It's a lot more popular. Um, you see people that are fanatics. Like there are people that are absolute. Like they just love it. And those are people that have typically. It's moved away from football. They don't play much football anymore, but they're just about basketball. They just want basketball. And so when they see me, the assumption is that I like basketball, which I do. And so, you know. Oh, my yawning. It's 11.15. Sorry. That was unprofessional. Somebody woke you up at 2 o'clock. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's see right. An to see an animal that I've seen 50 <laughs> times. Um, what surprised me, uh, actually, is that there are a lot of women who enjoy basketball yeah. and girls. Yeah, yeah. When Big football time. has been such a, a – soccer has been such a, a main sport here, you would think that a lot of women and girls play soccer, which they don't. There like, aren't a lot of But they're kind of kept out a little bit. Like, they're, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the leagues aren't as – there aren't many leagues for women and stuff like that. Kind of yeah. kept out. So maybe that's why women take to basketball mm. is because they're allowed to, you know. Like. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, before COVID, there's like a whole group on the little cancha where we do the football training. There's like a group of women there that play, basically play basketball every evening. Yeah. Um, group there. So yeah, no, I do think it's, I think it's slowly growing for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It, it's, I mean, in the, th- in the two and a half, three years that we've lived here, mm. it's, I mean, it's grown a lot. You yeah. see a lot more with the leagues and mm. stuff. And so, yeah. And they are actually, I was surprised that we put our girls in. Well, I took our girls to a basketball training one day just to kind of see how they liked it. Um, and they had the cones, they had the equipment, the baskets. Every kid had their own basketball. So I was surprised to see how much the government had invested into a basketball program for yeah. Our kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, it'll be interesting to see where it is in 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. Or if it, you know, if it goes anywhere at all. Um, I believe the girls did really good in... Um, what are the 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 competitions um, that like our, oh, our girls? No, no, not our girls. In oh, Cochabamba, a girls yeah, basketball team. It's like these national Olympics competed. or something yeah. type thing. They did um, really well. What girls? Um, uh, the Cochabamba team. They played international teams. Like when Paolo played. Um, oh, okay, like the South American some type of games. Yeah, or some kind of games. Okay, yeah, but, yeah. but they did really well in basketball. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, can you share a bit on the different types of outreaches ministry y'all have done in Trinidad? Hmm. I like. I think, yeah, well, so, I mean, we can name off some stuff. Like Simon was saying, basically, your children's ministries outreach, we do a feeding program on Sunday mornings. Essentially, is what it is, mm-hmm. our breakfast program, um, Sunday mornings before church. Uh, we do the, the basic food items, what we've been doing now. We've been giving those out to people um, during this, you know, the pandemic stuff and whatever, and economic struggle whatever you want to call it this mm-hmm. time we've done um the school work school programs sc- yeah. yeah school program yeah that's right school programs um uh we've done uh, christmas like a uh, fair like community community fair or whatever stuff like that but so we we do stuff well we're not we're not we're not really big event people i think mm-hmm. uh, would you all agree on that yeah. like yeah i think we are more we're not even big outreach people, if I'm being honest with you. And I, let me explain what I mean by that. Is outreach is reaching out. And like, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the first step. Maybe, maybe we are outreach people. Maybe we just want to do, we're doing it in a more hmm. complete way, I guess, than, than a lot of people. Um, the tendency, I'll say this. The tendency is to reach out and then come back and be like, ooh, that was good. And then, mm. and then go back and reach out again and then kind of come. But there's yeah, this, you build up to this one yeah, yeah. day that yeah, you yeah. do it. But there's a six-day-a-week separation or, you know, 30-day separation between those days. We don't really, we don't really do that. Um, what we want to do, what we try to do is, so, okay, we don't do, out, let's just for, a, a, we don't want to outreach to plumbers. We're never going to do that. What we do is we have plumbers in our church that we disciple and grow for, you know, for God's glory and understand that he's on mission, not send him on mission, get him to understand that as a believer, you have a mission and a purpose here in life. Mm-hmm. And what is that? And so we, you know, empower uh, Carlos the plumber to be empowered, to go into that world of plumbing and like um, cement workers and, you know, blue collar, blue collar, yeah, blue collar worker life or whatever. And, and like send him on that. And it doesn't mean that we don't go, but he's our connection there, our yeah. correspondent, our ambassador there. And so, as and this is this is what's happening at our church. It's not, I'm not selling a dream. He understands he's on mission in that world, so he begins to minister to people, witness to people, and begins to bring those people to church. And now, it doesn't always mean church service for us, but it means being in a part of the community. And so, for mm-hmm. us, Jesus said, um, "Jesus said, follow me, 
before, this, this is all he said in the beginning. Like he didn't, he didn't give some big speech about who I am and whatever. Yeah, definitely, he definitely did do that. But the first thing he said was follow me. So discipleship sometimes starts before conversion. Yeah. Discipleship starts sometimes before church attendance. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times, actually. And so we just believe in community. And defining community as the bigger of like you are what not. I think a lot of times when as Christians we say community, people take us to mean our church services. And maybe that is what we mean a lot of times, but that's not what we mean. Our community is us. Like it's our houses, our eating dinner, it's playing football on your team, it's having cookouts in the neighborhood, it is, you know, mm-hmm. it's handing out food and it's, it's all these things. It's if I need somebody um, to pick something up in a, in a truck type thing, who am I going to call? Don Victor, because he's part of our community. If we need cement work done, who am I going to call? Mariscal. Because he's part of our community. So if I'm gonna, if we need a doctor stuff, we're gonna call Dr. Vargas because he's part of our community. And these are people that don't go to our church. I said that on purpose because you know the people are our greater community that one day we hope and we're pushing, not pushing, was where we um we are de- uh, developing relationships with them. We talk to them about Jesus and um, Dr. Vargas is a Christian, so that's but um so you know, but just as an example though, right? Mm-hmm. And so the the goal is, and so Mariscal after. For me, two and a half years with the, with these guys, it's been a lot more um, of just kind of building relationships with him or whatever. He said several times the other day, "I'm coming to church here when it opens. I'm coming to church here when it opens. Let me know when you open. Let me know when you open. I'm coming to church here when it opens." And so, is that outreach? Yeah, maybe, but I don't like. I don't. I, I maybe I agree with outreach, but I don't agree with what we've made that word right, into yeah. me, meaning. And so we don't just do like these little events like to where like yeah we do we, yeah we do the christmas fair and stuff like that but that's to love our community and we do it specifically for our community anybody can come but we do it specifically for our community why because we're going to see them tomorrow mm. and so yeah the fair was like something that just brings us together to serve you but we don't we're not going to be out of your life tomorrow we're going to visit you talk to you and buy bread from you right we're going to buy you know whatever people come and sell in empanadas or whatever and we, like, so we want to be like just integrating everything in a holistic approach so yeah it definitely includes starts with outreach i guess but it goes way far beyond that so i don't know that and like again I, you, we see in the states a lot with um inner city programs churches will go to the inner city or will go to the trailer park or whatever but no one is like i'm gonna move there i'm gonna sell my house in the suburbs and i'm gonna move there and be with these people every day oh because well my house is a blessing from god is your house more of a blessing from God than the opportunity to reach people in need? Then you need to re backtrack and reestablish who God is. Because yeah. that's not, you know, that's not who he is. Nothing wrong with having a big house. Nothing wrong with having whatever. But if you're not, you know what I mean? If you if you can't like with all this stuff going on now, you hear a lot of complaints about Chicago. Well, Chicago, they need to they need to do this. If you care about Chicago so much, why do you not move there? Oh, you don't care about it. You just want to use that as a counter argument to well, then you need to shut up about it. Because if you care so much, oh, the inner city, they need to do whatever. Are you a believer? Yeah, I love God. And blah, blah, Okay, well, then what, do, what are you doing? You live comfortably over in some corner where you don't have any neighbors, don't talk to them. Maybe you need to give of yourself and move there if you care so much and you're so annoyed by the state of the inner city. Maybe you should move there. And, you know, so we've become this elitist group to where when we do do ministry, we do, quote, unquote, love people. We go over and we do a few little things and then we go back over onto our side of town. But we really want to eliminate that. And I mean, I think we, we have, but we live here. We live in a poor neighborhood. And I'm not, everybody doesn't have to live in a poor neighborhood. That's not my point. But like, 
that's what we want to do is when you you don't have to do outreach when you live in the community that people typically outreach to yeah you know what i mean if i live in the inner city government projects i don't have to do outreach ministry to government projects i live there yeah i'd have to be a christian you know that lives you know effective on mission understanding my purpose here and that i'm not here because i'm struggling financially maybe i am struggling financially but that's not why i'm here i'm here because god is sovereign and his sovereignty and his perfection and his all-knowingness he has planted me here so that i can bear fruit for him and Mm -hmm. and help other people so that they can see his fruit taste and see that the lord is good and they can bear fruit as well and so um yeah and so i think i i don't know exactly what you mean with the but just to I think I covered everything. I think um, um, the uh, one of the most recent examples of us not directly being having this outreach program, but still being invo- involved in outreach, is just a conversation we had um, with uh, my friend who goes to our church, but who also works here in the clinic. Her job is um, to go out, <laughs> get kids who are interested in in like I guess it's after, a, after school, school program, program mm-hmm. yeah, um, and uh, and she, and her. Her goals are to um, disciple them and then also to sh- to help them edu- what is it called like educationally <laughs> to it's tutoring right stuff mm-hmm. like that help them um, increase their level of education because it, there's holes in the school system and yeah. then at home too they don't get the support um, and so with um, with schools being closed and um, so her after school program is not going to be open. She is trying to develop a plan moving forward for the year and just being able to kick around some ideas with Ramon and I and, and, and helping her and providing resources for her um, to, to develop this plan too. It's uh, it's just part of how we do help other people do outreach too. You know, like when we were, um, uh, training, uh, doing vocal classes for uh, for other churches too. We're not out there. We're not going to mm-hmm. be directly affecting these people, but we want to do what we can with the, what the Lord has given us, blessed us with, to equip other people to do it. And so, it's it's part of it, right? Yeah. So. And so the other part is, is ministry. What type of ministries have we done? And so we mentioned a lot of it there. But the oh, I just give you an overall idea of what we want to do here. Is um. We want the community to develop, so it's called community development. But we want to do that through the lens of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so when we do stuff, programs, the, the, end, ha- the end has to be Jesus and, and the glorification of him in our lives and whatever, in our community. And so we believe that that's, re- the, what is it, what's the word? That's hashed out through excellence in work and ex- taking care of our neighborhood, loving our neighbor, you know, so on and so forth. And so what, we, what we're doing now is we're starting at the base. What should be the base is the church, uh, which is what we're doing. We're building up our church, and we've reestablished. We've been talking about that for half a year on the mm-hmm. podcast. So just the things we've changed and reestablishing and kind of getting going and putting the right place, just reorganizing, whatever you want to call it. Um, so we've been doing that. and then, um, But the reason we do that is not so we can have a cool church or a big church or whatever. The reason we do that is so we can be more effective. So what does it mean to be more effective? Is to reach more people with Jesus Christ? Does that mean coming up and just saying a prayer? No, that's not what it means. Uh, it may start with that, great, but it means people being disciples of Jesus Christ and growing in their faith, grow, like growing in their fruit that they have, that they bear by the you know fruit of the Holy Spirit in their life, loving one another, walking in in, in love and forgiveness, and really like being on the same page in harmony as a church. And so people from the outside seeing the love that we have for one another on the inside. 
and not just looking at the church, at church services, I mean, but seeing that and this group of people loves me and they love one another. They don't even know me. I don't even go to that church. Matter of fact, I hate church. I, I'm an atheist, whatever, but these people love me. Why do they love me? We want that. To, why do they continuously serve me? And I've never been to one service of theirs. Why do they? And so that's what we want people to see here. And we want to develop our people. So again, we're building the roots now, the ground level, whatever you want to call it, foundations. And so we want our people to get to the point of recognizing. Unfortunately, a lot of Christians don't recognize that's what we're here for. Mm. Um, reconciliation, right? That's God's ultimate plan. And so that's what we participate in. His kingdom come. That will be done. That's his, that's his will, reconciliation. His coming kingdom is all about reconciliation, um, reconciling a fallen world back to himself. So we begin to live that out before. So what does that look like in a community? What does reconciliation look like through the lens of the church and the community? Yeah, it definitely starts here with us recognizing who we are in Christ. And I don't mean that you can walk around and telling people what to do or that you can have a multi-million dollar house. That's not what I'm talking about at all. I mean, who you are in Christ, as much as no one can take your love, the, the love that you have for other people, there's nothing that anyone can do to you to stop you from loving them. That's who we are in Christ. And that's who we are because our hope is not in here. Our hope is in the kingdom, which is eternal. Our hope is not in this temporal state that we're in now. Um, he is our hope here now, but our ultimate hope is with him forever for eternity. So how does that make us act here now? And so through the church, we want to grow that up and do different uh, programs for the community to lift up the community, to reach people in the community, train people, love people, disciple people, always, all forms, all shapes, job training, uh, economic, financial course. Maybe I should learn how to say it before we <laughs> offer courses on it. Financial courses, uh, budgeting courses, uh, graphic design courses, videography course, like all these different types of stuff. Um, first, uh, first aid. First aid courses, uh, getting people certified on first aid. So many accidents and stuff happen. Can all, we, we, we believe that God being glorified here on earth through us is us glorifying God, means seeking reconciliation here. So what can we do to fight against injustices like we talked about last week? What can we do as a church to do that? So again, first step is waking everybody up to that's who we are and that's what we're here for. So that's what we're doing right now. The next step is to push, move along a little bit further and start doing more stuff and offering more courses and classes for the church, but also for the community as well. Continuing to grow, uh, build those bridges and stuff like that, which has already been happening. People come and you know, when we had back in the day when we used to have church services, uh, new people were coming, people that we had never seen before that were not part of our pre-existing church circle or whatever you want to call it. Um, so they like, you know. People were expanding. People were beginning to share the gospel. Members of our church that never before had talked to people about Jesus, their faith was just a private thing. Now they're sharing the gospel with other people. And it's a very and so now you're starting to see that in motion because you're starting to get it. It's like I have a purpose, I have a reason. This is what God wants to do in my life. Now there's different, we can get into different things. Where does God want me to go and all that? But until then, regardless of where you are, he wants to be glorified in whatever it is that you're doing. Whatever you have in your hands, he wants to use that for now. And so we want people to get that. That's the big thing of our ministry. So, I mean, we can talk about what we've done and what we've, but overall, it doesn't really matter what we've done or what we've accomplished because it's not really an accomplishment until the goal is met. And the goal is, is reconciliation in our community. And so hopefully that, you know, kind of puts it clear. Um, so like it was clear. Mm -hmm. All right. You would say, yeah, regardless, because we're recording. Uh, then we get off like, eh. <laughs> no, uh, what is the most challenging thing that you face and what's the most enjoyable? I think for me, like personally, is the idea of like confrontation. So I really hate 
really hate confrontation. I'm naturally a quiet, polite kind of person that will, I don't like arguing. I don't like, um, I don't even like being around, not even an argument, just like dis- like when you guys have to discipline your kids and I'm around, I just get so awkward. You laugh. It's like the awkward yeah. laugh, like look down at my plate, all oh, these potatoes are lovely. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like, don't Food. really know what to do with it. Um, <laughs> But like the the problem with that is like here especially like your politeness just gets taken a mile like yes. if you give a tiny bit you just get taken advantage of um, like in the small like in the small everyday things um, like going to a store and queuing like I'm English we love to queue for things we always queue that's just how we work it's how it's what we do. That I don't think queuing is a concept here. No. no. So there will be cutting. Time, yeah, there will be times where I like. I'll stand somewhere for like five minutes or so and just have people constantly going in front of me. And I'm like, uh, got like two year olds coming and buying <laughs> bread yeah, for yeah. the day. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, and I just like in those situations, I just don't know what to do. Like, like if I go somewhere and someone's there before me, I'll wait for them to finish buying whatever they need to buy. And then I assume it's my go, but someone else will just turn up and be like, yeah, I need this. I want that. And I'm like, oh man, I'm at the back of the queue again. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that in, um, in, Cochabamba specifically we had to do lines for any anywhere you went you have to get in line um, and overall generally if someone tried to cut in line the entire <laughs> line would would yell I cola I cola and then everyone says I cola and then the person trying to jump in the line is just like oh, oh I'm sorry like you didn't know <laughs> all 300 of us <laughs> so and you I didn't do, see one that, I mean people still always you know yeah. will try to do that but yeah it's not that difficult, I guess, there in some places um, to, to let the person know, like, hey, getting back in line. Mm. Because everyone generally says, says that, yeah. Yeah, and so it's like, so on those, like, small things, just in daily life, but then also on the big things, like, being a leader of things, um, you know, people's standards slip a lot quicker um, if you don't stay on them. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't say, hey, come on, we need to keep this level up, we need to push further, we need to push harder, um, these kind of things. So you constantly having to confront people and it makes me more nervous as well in, in a second language you're like man how do I say this in a mm. way that isn't going to offend people because people are really sensitive here like they like to think that they're not they're like oh yeah I can handle it but yeah. people are really no, sensitive no. Um, and so it's like okay how so you're like spending an hour on Google Translate being like what's the best way to word this and I like send a message to a mom be like hey can you proofread this first because wow. <laughs> um, I'm like man you know I like I want to say something wrong um, mm-hmm. in a way that's going to upset someone that I don't mean um, when he would just tell me to just get over it and say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was them. thinking right now. I was like, he's just going to say it. <laughs> but, uh, deal that's, with always, the, that's always my biggest challenge is just confrontation. I just don't enjoy it at all. Most enjoyable. What's most enjoyable for you? Um, being part of something that wants to grow. Yeah. So like everything that you just said, everything that we've been speaking about over the year, probably yeah. 50 podcasts, just being part of that. Um, waking up each morning and not really knowing what's going to happen, but that knowing that something is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing how, you know, God is going to work through. Because I think a lot of times we go, oh, yeah, I can't wait to see what God's going to do in the community. And then we sit down, we get our bucket of popcorn, and we go, well, I can't wait to see what God's going to do in the community. Yeah. Right? Actually, it's like we're so proactive in, like, okay, we want to see what God's going to do in the community, but we're fully aware that He's going to do it for us. Yeah. Um, so it's okay, we need to go out, we need to try new things, we need to start this program some work some don't um and just yeah like little things like this whole media stuff that we're doing now like if if you would have said to us hey yeah you know, we've spoken about this before but like 
yeah we're going to do sunday videos we're going to do tiktok we're going to do online devotionals we're going to do music covers like five months ago that never would have happened yeah and yet we tried it and god just took it further than we ever thought yeah. it would go in the middle of the pandemic yeah. when we were kind of like yeah. down you know mm -hmm. so yeah just like trying new things being all gung-ho and then just seeing what god does with them yeah yeah it's that's been enjoyable it's just mm. that part just really learning to rest and trust in him and oh you do you do do great things like it's not that you consciously doubt it but you find yourself in this state of like oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and just seeing you know his faithfulness in the midst of everything has mm. been crazy so uh what about you challenging most enjoyable did you say much you said challenging already or no I mean, overall, just in general. Yeah, yeah. It's the most challenging thing as a missionary living in Trinidad. Yeah, or yeah, sure. Specifically, mm -hmm. sure. Um, I don't know. Can we move on to? Yeah, all that time. And yeah. I was listening. Actually, I wasn't <laughs> trying to. That's actually good. Uh, good I'm, listening skills. Yeah, well, I mean, come on. Um, I think for me, the, the most challenging is is people, but the most enjoyable is people. Mm. It's just, you know, same thing you're gonna do every everywhere. It's, just, it's so much fun, you know, working with people and it's enjoyable and getting to know people and growing with people. But equally, the more you get to know people, the more you develop expectations for the person. Mm -hmm. And the more you develop expectations and the person doesn't live up to set expectations, then you, you're like, you're down, you get down on it, you know. And so it's kind of a constant challenge of not giving up on, on some people, mm -hmm. but equally not like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Not going either, either extreme to that. I, I actually... Since you said that, it made mm. me think of something. Oh, but you weren't listening. <laughs> so you were listening. You weren't listening. No, it it good um, listening skills. A word that you something you said sparked something in me, mm. ignited it in power. I don't okay. know. <laughs> All right, let's hear. Uh, um, actually, one uh, one of the things that's challenging for me is to be um, consistent in in the sense of wanting to give and wanting to love. Like I get really motivated, I'm like, all right, I'm all about this community, outreach, loving, friendship, giving of myself, selflessness. And then like a morning comes where I just want to lay in bed or I just don't want to get dressed or I just want to stay inward, like mm. just by myself. I don't want anybody to knock on the door. If you do, I'm probably not going to answer. You know, <laughs> that's, that's how I feel. And so struggling, battling that and always trying to, um, make sure I'm getting out of myself to, to give. It's a, it's a constant thing for me, probably. Because there's a, there's a balance, so you got to take care of yourself, too. You know what I mean? But it doesn't always look like closing yourself off and not talking to people. But, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely, like, necessary to have, like, just find some time every day to have some time by yourself and just, you know. Yeah, but my, my thing is I get plenty of time for myself, yeah, yeah. you know. Oh, it's yeah. just the, the opposite, I guess. Like, where you're trying to find time for yourself, I'm trying to make sure that time I for make people. time for people. Yeah. yeah. Not that I don't have time. It's the desire to do it. You know, sometimes honestly, it's just like the desire is not there. And so I just have to re refocus. Like, what am I here for? You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's not to be by myself here on behind the computer. It's, it's not even what am I here for as in Bolivia? It's what am I here for on this planet life, existing? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, as leaders. Uh, yeah. So there's, there's two more questions. And the last one is a, is a, is a fun one, so we can end there. Um, as leaders, how are you growing personally? How do you aim to grow the kingdom of God in your city? I think the second part of that, um, yeah, it says examples so that, give examples so that young missionaries can gain some insight. This is from Jacob. Uh, Jacob is uh, plan like planning and praying about his next steps in the, like going into missions. So, uh, yeah. 
So how are we growing personally? I think, I mean, I think we're committed to growth overall. I mean, we read and we, you know, we pray and all. We, I mean, but obviously we read our Bibles and pray. That's a huge part of growth. But also we talk. Mm. Like we talk between one another. We are part, like Simon said, this is the thing, man, is I think so many people are parts of a church, um, but they're not part of a community. And we think that it's just automatically synonymous and it's not. Um, so we talk about everything. And we don't just, I don't just let Simon talk about everything mm. and then go away. Like I talk to Simon about stuff too. Yeah. And so, you know what I mean? So it goes both way. And like you talk to me, obviously it's different for us, but like Rudy and myself as well. Like, so we have this, we are on the level playing for, yeah, we have different leadership positions and whatever, but as a person to person in the community, we all belong to the community. Mm. And it's like Knights of the Round Table, essentially in that there's every, we're all even, we all confess to one another. We, you know, grow like that and one another. So yeah, we definitely, um, definitely pray, um, re- reading our, reading our Bible, but obviously reading other books and stuff like that as well. Listening to mm. different, I mean, there's always some type of influence, but then again, through, and I would argue that most of our growth, I think, comes from conversations about the word, about what the Bible says. So I don't want to, yeah. I don't want people to think that we're just coming up with our own ideas, yeah. but it's just a conversation that we have about what the, what the word says and the concept of the biblical narrative. You know how to drop that in there. Uh, but like as a whole and, and how that applies to our life and our area and what we're doing and stuff like that. Um, so I, I, for me, I think that's how I grow personally is I submit myself to a community. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an elder in the church. Yes, I'm the preacher or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, I have the vision and all that stuff. But that doesn't mean that I don't need to sit down and talk to, you know, Simon or Rudy or Melinda or Miguel or, you know, whoever. Um that doesn't mean that at all. Actually, the opposite. I need to, you know, have conversations, real conversations with them and, and allow them to minister to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and allow myself to be ministered to as a missionary. Because, again, like we talked about this before, but sometimes I think we think as missionaries, we're here to help and help only. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. Um, yeah, we're here to help. But, I'm all, but first and foremost, I'm here to be a part of the church. I'm not here to preach of the church. I'm not here to lead the church. Those are things that I do. But that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to be a part of the church. So I'm here to receive just as much as I am to give. And so we can't get into the supremacy thing thinking that because I'm American that uh, these folks that have nothing to give me. That's not true. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you're from, what language you speak or whatever. You are a part of the body of believers of Christ. So you have something to offer. Your Bible says the same thing, maybe a different language, but it says the same thing that mine says. The same Holy Spirit that's living inside of me lives inside of you. So how dare me think that you have nothing to offer me? You know what I mean? That's either mm-hmm. thinking that the Holy Spirit is more powerful inside of me or that I'm, but what, what's really happening is we're depend, we're leaning on our own understanding. And so we, we really believe that we're smarter than the people that we come to reach. And so now we think they can't speak to us because we're smarter than them, which has nothing to do with that and everything to do with the, and that's, that's the beauty of the body of Christ though, is God can and will use anybody and everybody. Yeah. You're a part of the body and wants to use this body Again, to bring reconciliation, yes, to the nations and whatever, but more specifically into your life as an individual, as a Christian, as a missionary, as a leader, as a follower, as a new believer, as an old believer, whatever. He wants to bring reconciliation to your life. And so um, that's how we grow the kingdom of God in the second part is we submit ourselves fully to him through his church as well, because we know that he works through the church to bring, you know, uh, reconciliation in our personal lives and reconciled people reconcile people i mean through god obviously but you know what i mean like 
people that are beneficiary beneficiaries of justice go against injustices. Yeah. And so when we're justified, justified people seek justice. And so we seek justice in the community, which is growing of his kingdom. God loves justice. That's the Bible says that, not me. God doesn't want justice apart. For, or, I'm sorry. Doesn't want our little church services and dances and all this stuff, festivals and whatever, apart from us doing justice and not ignoring injustice. If we're ignoring injustices, Amos says this. God doesn't want anything. He doesn't want he doesn't want any of our other little cutesy stuff that we do on Sunday mornings. So this is all a part of it. And so our personal growth, our personal submission to to Jesus and to his bride, you know, um, who the bride is submitted to, you know, to Jesus as well. So, you know, our submission to Jesus um, and to his people that he's, he's placed us in, the community he's placed us in, we grow through that. And through that growth, there, I mean, and, and that growth is really learning to love one another and forgive one another and, and trust one another. Yeah. So now I can confess things to Simon that maybe six years ago I wouldn't have confessed to anybody. Now, and vice versa. But because I confessed to Simon, now we, we're building relationships, or vice versa, it doesn't matter. We're building a relationship, and Rudy's involved now. And so now Simon can confess to Rudy, Rudy can confess to Simon, Simon can confess to me, I confess to Simon, to Rudy, so, so, so. And so now we're growing that. When people see those relationships and those bonds that are built, they, they are start to get what the church is about. And so that is the com- coming of his kingdom. And then when we do that, we're, we're, more, we're corrected sometimes, but we're more focused on justice and the things that God is doing and wants to do here in this earth as far as reconciliation and justice and so on and so forth, which is the coming of his kingdom. What is God's kingdom? I want to be clear about it. God's kingdom is a place where it's eternity. Where all, like that's what the fullness of his kingdom, whatever, uh, all things will be reconciled back to him. Not just uh, me, but all of creation. Not just people, all of creation. In the long term, all of creation will be reconciled back to him. And so, um, so for growing his kingdom, we're seeking reconciliation in every area. Physical, spiritual, yes, and, and I don't want to go too far into this, but in nature as well, taking care of, you know, uh, the, the earth that we've been entrusted with. Uh, again, there's extremes to that. However, it's definitely included. Raising our kids well, everything that we've been entrusted to, your job, your neighbors, your house, whatever, it's, it's stewarding those things for the glory of God. And it's about seeking reconciliation in the areas where it's needed and going against injustices. So I think just to kind of reset what I said earlier already, but with the aspect of how we grow personally and how that fits in together. But I want to be clear on that for uh, young missionaries so you can gain some insight. Young missionary, when you go into missions, you are part of the church. You're not there to be the pope. They don't, <laughs> we don't do popes. You're there to submit to the local body of believers, whether it's yeah. in Bangladesh, whether it's in Trinidad, Bolivia, whether it's in Kenya, Africa. Don't care what color, what tribe or tongue the people speak or whatever. You are there to submit to them uh, in, in a, on a personal level. If you're the leader and the pastor, the, yeah, definitely lead and pastor. But on a personal level, man, submit yourself to the body. Trust them. Mm-hmm. Allow them to minister to you as much as you minister to them mm-hmm. and allow them to grow you and really teach you and whatever. And so. That's my answer to that. I think that was really, really complete. But I, I would just add to the part of the, it says, how are you growing personally? And to uh, give examples so that young missionaries can gain some insight. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry. I, I think for a young missionary looking to come into, go into the field um, full time, to grow personally, um, I guess to prepare for it would, would, would be to not, not be ashamed of and actually seek 
counsel or, or speak to a, a counselor or psychologist or whoever and, and work out work out your stuff like work out your trauma work out your insecurities um because insecurities lead to pride and then mm. you don't you don't want to be a prideful missionary because yeah. then you're not a, a servant of god you are just wasting your time you're wasting wasting people's resources um and especially if you go um by yourself like ramon and i had the, the privilege of going into the field for the first time together um, and so we could lean lean into each other and we weren't completely able to isolate ourselves because one would say hey what's going on you know we kind of yeah. hold each other accountable to to a certain extent um, but when you're by yourself and you're young it's so easy to to feel like people don't understand you. It's a different culture. It's a different language. I don't know anyone. Why would I open up to this person, even though they are part of my church and leadership? Um, so I think a big head start would be to deal with your your internal mess um, and prepare prepare intentionally work on that, you know, um, and personal growth growth <laughs> growth um, before you before you go on the mission field. Speak to your pastor. And, and let people ask you challenging questions um, so you can do some some work. Yeah, on that. like allow the Holy Spirit to use other people. Just like, because we, we all believe the Holy Spirit uses us. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes to other, using other people in our lives, now we got all every excuse in the book and allow the Holy Spirit to use anybody to reach your life. Obviously, you know, there's um, discernment, right? But like, don't, this, don't mess up Holy Spirit discernment for what you don't like. Mm-hmm. That, you know, there's a big difference. And so. Yeah. Because because being on field being a missionary just exposes so much of of who you are mm-hmm. to in the at core who you aren't who like you are and who you are not exactly um and and to be on the on the mission field by by yourself in the beginning dealing with that it's just going to be disastrous it's going to be miserable yeah yeah for sure anything to add to that. No, Good. don't think so. All right, so we got one more. It's the last one. It's fun. Any funny, wild stories from being on the missions field? You mean like the time I almost fell through a roof in Sucre? You mean like the time we busted up that uh, drug ring? <laughs> um, or the, the what's it called? The robbery ring? Or like, you mean like, you know, yeah, there's a lot of um, funny and wild stories. There's a lot of wild stories. So much so that it does. It take, I really have to think about it, like, because it just becomes life is so unpredictable. Here, um, it's unpredictable everywhere, but here you just notice it more. Mm-hmm. It's so unpredictable that like something could have happened three weeks ago, and I just I've completely in the moment I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. But then it's like it just I don't know, it goes away, and it's just like what you know, whatever. So yeah, there's a time I almost fell through a roof in Sucre, Bolivia. I know I did fall through a roof. I just didn't fall all the way to the ground. I caught myself. Anyways, crazy story. Um, yeah, and like I said, the other one. There's a time <laughs> we told that story on the podcast. Actually, mm-hmm. we broke up. Uh, like it le- legit was a drug ring and a robbery ring. Like I'm not. I'm not exaggerating that. And it was a crack house at the same time. Um, yeah, trap house. So <laughs> it's in our neighborhood. And it was that was a crazy. <laughs> that was such a crazy. That's <laughs> such a crazy time. Those are more, uh, actually, that one's more, that's one old and one's more recent. Do you have any crazy stories? I, I guess it, it would be wild, I guess. I, I remember one time um, wrestling a teenager because she decided to oh, yeah, I forgot take about some that. pills that weren't authorized <laughs> and tried to, it, so crazy. It, it tried to 
commit suicide, quote unquote, you know, um, in front of me. And so I'm wrestling with her, trying to get her to gag and throw this, throw up these pills up. But I mean, she was a big girl. I was tired after that, but. I just God called you to work out so you can wrestle with these just folks. wild. It's like in the middle of it, I was like, I can't believe I'm wrestling with this 14 year old girl trying to get her not to pop these pills. <laughs> Lord, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah. But what, yeah. What about you? Any wild, um, funny? It's just normally when I make a mistake, it just turns into something. Uh, like month one here, I accidentally put a fish hook. Through oh, the guy yeah, that I lived right. with, ear. oh, through his ear. Yeah. See, like Remember I forget that. about this stuff. Like I just, I, <laughs> that was that was really awkward. I can't believe that. No, I was like, really? Well, it's we just got back from morning fishing, and we'd hopped off the bikes. Millie went to put Millie, is his wife. She went to put the bikes away. Um, and Maro, the guy that I lived with, we were trying to come up with a handshake, like just a cool. <laughs> Lad handshake. Cool. Believe me, it would not have been cool. But, uh, yeah. So I was, I was so focused on <laughs> trying to do this cool handshake that I forgot that I was holding a fishing rod in my other hand, and so I just kind of like swinging it around. Uh, it just yeah, it went right for his ear. It did. Caught him. I took it out. Yeah, we had to get Romani. Came around and and they took it out. I guess that would be wild too, taking out a fish hook from yeah, another man. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, I forget this stuff all the time. And like, I mean, there's so many like, fi- oh, like fishing in the river with nets and like somebody saying like, are there piranhas in here? And the guy's like, no, no, there's no piranha. And like, we have the net across and the first thing we pull out, <laughs> the piranha. Like, you know, I mean, it's Going not. Going to the house with that weird animal, that tall thing that was looking at Yeah, the- yeah, that, that ostrich thing. <laughs> you, you were out there, right? Yeah. Like I walk, they're like, come on in. I come in and it's like, this, <laughs> it's literally just like this. And actually, no, it's not like that. It's like this. He's looking at the side of my face. And so I'm talking to the people, and I'm, like, looking at the corner of my eye, like, uh. And then I was, like, finally, was like, uh, so what about this guy? Like, what's, like, what's the what's the strategy here? And he's like, oh, that's just Simon, or whatever his name was. And he's like, uh, okay, can he not, like, be up in my face like this? Because he's huge. I saw him out in the street the other day. I guess he's just taking a stroll. Yeah. It's funny. Breaking up dog fights. Um. Oh yeah, the the cat got taken by an eagle. Remember that we that cat we had the yes. little kitten, and the yeah. And then uh, actually, I killed the cat on accident. I thought it was it was sick, and so I took it and kind of threw it off. Like well, let's see if it survives or whatever. I didn't realize that I threw it right into this deep thing of water because there's weeds Ooh. growing out, and so it's back. Oh, it's back. Like you weren't there. Don't make up stuff. Don't make up stuff. The. Uh, <laughs> It's back, legs, it. it's back legs were messed up or something. So, like, the cat, I, I just thought I was putting it in the weeds or whatever. Like, you know, and so it's like, um, it's like, and it splashes. I was like, oh. And then, like, we just got our grass cut and our property cleaned off. So, there's usually, there's sticks everywhere out there. Not a stick in sight. But the water was too deep. Because I, I tried to step out and get it. But the water came, like, over my boots and stuff. And I was like, man. And it was that nasty water. Like, and so I was like, oh. And so I'm looking, and so I'm looking for a stick, and there's no, like it's so the cleanest our property's ever been. And so like I'm walking back to look for a stick, can't find like by the time I'm like, crap. Like, no so words I, of Jalen. She would say, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so I go back and I'm like, man, I think this thing is is a donner. A donner, a goner. And so we go back to eat lunch. And like we are table our our table is right, but you know how it is. Our table is but we have these double back doors, and you can see through the screen our whole backyard. 
And so we're eating, and we didn't have that roof right then, and so you could just see a little bit more. And uh, so we're done, and one of the girls said, "Is that our cat?" And you look up, and there's like a hawk, and the cat <laughs> is just like this, just getting carried off by the hawk. Like, uh, yes, it is. Yes, it was it is. our cat. <laughs> yeah, it was our cat, our one-eyed cat. Had one eye. Uh, and so yeah, there's that, and then I mean. I remember our day of the pedestrian. It wasn't wild. It was just crazy. I've never seen this before. Um, so it's pedestrian day. No cars, motorcycles, anything. Only bikes and, and people on their on foot walking around, right? And I remember seeing a little baby in a stroller just walking across the street. Like, oh, not a stroller. Like the, the, not a stroller. A walker. A yeah, baby walker. I mean, he must have been like, like one year old. Just <laughs> just cruising down because, you know, it's pedestrian day, so there's no cars or anything allowed. It's like this would never happen back home. Now there, there are a lot of stories. I have to think about it. Maybe next week, I'll probably be like, "Oh yeah, I forgot." But there's so many. Like I said, I completely forgot about taking the hook out of Mado's ear and all that type of stuff. But there's a lot of crazy stuff. So yeah, you got any more? You good? Nope, I'm good. You good? Yeah, yeah. All right, thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for listening all this time and following us and whatever and participating. Everybody's tired here. So we've done two in a row. One for you, but two for us. So, uh, yeah, hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for all your love and support. Have a good week. Provecho. No, provecho.